Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports. Cardinals Corner from Arizona Sports with Tyler Drake and Lauren Koval. What's going on, everybody? Tyler Drake here with you for another edition of Cardinals Corner. And alongside me, as always, is my trusty co-host, Lauren Koval. How you doing today, Lauren? I've been better. Yes, and by been better, that would be talking about the Cardinals' terrible, I guess, Terrible is probably a rough word to say because one side of the football looked decent, but it was a 20-10 to 10 loss to the Seattle Seahawks in Week 7 for the Cardinals. I think it's safe to say the defense did what it needed to do. The offense did not do what it needed to do. And let's just open it up there. What was the biggest sticking point, talking point that you have after watching what you just had to watch? I'm going to start on a positive note here. I think exactly what you had said there, the defense, three takeaways. You get three takeaways, you set your offense up for success. At Mm -hmm. that point, you're holding Seattle to under 20 points in the game, and they don't turn the ball over. They have three turnovers this entire season before the start of this game, and you force three turnovers in one game alone. You're setting your offense up for success. You'd assume with three turnovers that the offense would be able to come away with more than three points off of those three turnovers. They were mm-hmm. unable today. But if the offense was executing on a slightly better level than it is now, I think the defense is setting you up for some form of success and some wins down the line. Yeah, definitely. And I think it all starts at quarterback. I think we have to get into that. That's where the biggest negative of today is. And Joshua Dobbs had the rushing touchdown, obviously still doing it with his legs, but I just feel like he's regressing big time when it comes to putting the ball down the field, hitting his you know, receivers, tight ends, pass catchers. He's just not hitting his marks. I mean, he was 19 of 33 today, 146 yards, just didn't do enough to, like you said, they were put in the position to where – They should have at least come away with more than three points. I mean, even field goals the rest of the way. Like, you got to be able to capitalize when your defense is putting you in the best position to do exactly what you've been practicing all week. So that's it's that's the big one. It's got to be Dobbs. Because honestly, if we're looking at the running game, I thought the running game was pretty solid with Amari DiMercato taking over. Like, clearly this team saw something that they didn't like in Keontae Ingram because he didn't even touch the ball. I don't think he had a snap today. And if he did, it was special teams. I mean, Damian Williams was the only other guy to register an offensive touch outside of Amari Dermacato in the running backs room. So He did not have a single touch today. Yeah. So that's something to watch. And, I mean, especially after what we saw last game, he had the most snaps but didn't touch the ball hardly. So very interested to see what they are working with in that running backs room. And I don't know if we can really say it's going to be consistent next week, but I think we're seeing enough from Amari to warrant him getting more touches on a consistent basis throughout each week and obviously the Cardinals agreed because we how we had talked about last week it was very much running back by committee and they decided to stick with DeMarcado this week and I think that that paid off for them just so you could see it's almost like that Kyler Murray you know Josh Dobbs, Clayton Toon discussion. Mm. You want to know what you have in a player, so give them the opportunities to succeed. And that's what they did with DeMarcado this week. They gave him the ball. They said, you know what? You're going to be RB1. Let's see what we got in you. And Mm -hmm. I think that really paid off for them down the line, and I think that he's cemented himself as that RB1 while Connor's out. Yeah, yeah, and he's just versatile too because not only did he – he had 13 carries – 
58 yards, didn't score, but obviously had a lot of work, was averaging 4.5 yards a carry. He was also doing in the receiving game, too. He had five targets, caught four of them for 17 yards, and that's the kind of versatility that you need when you don't have a guy that's the bell cow and James Conner currently healthy. So I thought Demarcado is doing everything he needs to do, and especially, and they're still giving him these touches, knowing that he is their guy for pass protection. So they're clearly trusting him with more and more and more and more snaps as we're going along, and not only just snaps to be out there, but snaps to actually contribute and move the chains. So, and it's not like once Connor comes back, he's going to go away completely. Mm-hmm. He'll still be part of this team, and he's working himself in in different ways so that once Connor comes back, he can still be a positive threat for this team. Yeah, he'd be. I, I mean, I would imagine he's going to be the third down back again, and and maybe get some more run than he was when Connor was on the field. So, yeah, I definitely agree there. I think another one that I want to hit on, too, is Trey McBride. They had some more screens. They had some more plays just for him, and I think that just kind of is going along with the trend of last week of he's getting more and more looks now, and it seems like Zach Ertz isn't getting as many, and it just seems like Zach Ertz isn't doing a lot when they're looking his way, whereas Trey McBride's giving you that little extra oomph, that little... I guess shot of momentum almost. Like what 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 have you seen out of the tight ends room? Shot of momentum, you mean launching, hurtling himself Soaring over a Seattle. defender? Yeah. I like that they gave him more opportunity to show what he has after obviously they've decided that Zacherts might not be the answer at tight end. Yeah. So let's see what we've got in Trey McBride. You used your first round draft pick on him a few years ago. So let's actually see what we have in this guy. Second round. Second round draft pick on this guy. But first first pick of that first draft. First pick of that draft, Cardinals. second round draft yes. pick for the Cardinals. And I'm interested to see if they plan on using him in the future as more of that short down and distance kind of guy. Mm-hmm. How he was sort of used today. Or If the Cardinals are going to go back and look and say, hey, we had a lot of third down and fours and we threw two yard slants. Let's set Trey McBride up, you know, right at the line to gain and see how he can execute there. He had three receptions today for 29 yards and he was targeted six times. So 50 percent there on his reception rate. But not all of that can go on him. Josh Dobbs did have a disappointing game again today. Yeah. Yeah. And then for Ertz, just give you the counterpart, four targets, three catches for 19 yards. So he just seems like he's. I don't want to say last resort, but just kind of, all right, he's right there. Let's get it to him. Let's move a couple yards and and reset instead of let's get this guy down the field and have him be our game changer. It just seems like his he's more. His role in this team's declining. Yes, and it seems like each week it's declining more and more and more. And if you're going to see what you're seeing out of Trey McBride, that's fine. As long as you can see production in another area of that tight ends room, that's totally fine. Let's flip it to the defense. Who was your big standout for the defensive side of the ball today? Kaiser White. Oh, okay. And why is that? Because I'm, I'm going to take a similar route to what I took last week. Kaiser White's my standout because I think what he can do and what he did this game are so far apart from each other. What he did this game, he actually applied pressure to Geno Smith. I know during the game they flashed up some stats about when Geno's under pressure versus when he isn't, mm-hmm. just how much he can't execute when he's under pressure. Yep. And when the Cardinals actually rushed Kaiser White, that worked. It was under pressure. It resulted in sacks, you know, short passes, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So I wish that the Cardinals would utilize him more in pressure situations, either coming off the edge, coming straight through the middle. And he's also my standout on defense 
because of that. Yeah. Because I know he can do that. He showed he can do that, and I want to see him do that more. And he should have had a pick six. And he should have had a pick six. That's the, oh, man, he would have had a huge game. I mean, he still had five tackles. He's just consistent, and the dude is just going to, you know what you're going to get from him every week, and that's huge, and that's a big reason why he got brought to the desert from Philadelphia with Gannon and with Nick Rollis. They knew what they were going to get out of him. They moved him to Mike Backer. That's where he did the most damage when he was with the Chargers. That was his best season by far. So we're seeing exactly why they decided, hey, Zayvon, you're more on the outside now. We got to put him in here. He's our guy. Like, I was very – not very, but I was pretty skeptical coming in because Zayvon had shown a lot of growth playing that Mike Backer role. But I think just with how they've flipped everything and Zayvon's even producing, you know, I'm sure people would like to see more, but he's still producing as, you know, an edge rusher. So – I think that's still one of their best moves of the offseason, probably their best defensive move of the offseason. But for me, I think my standout's got to be Garrett Williams. NFL career debut, gets the first interception. It's a red zone pick. He just seems like a guy that is ready for the moment. He's been dealing with that you know, ACL rehab for really a year. I think October 31st, I was reading, was right around the time he tore it. So he's about a year out from that and is really already – showing that he can be a guy that they can throw in there at the nickel spot at safety and really hold his own. And I thought we saw that. Obviously, a couple plays he'd probably like to have back, but especially with Keytrail Clark kind of on the mend, he came in and, and really, really surprised, not surprised me, but really lived up to what I thought he could be after what I've seen in practice, even in the limited amount that we've seen. He's just a big dude and brings something different to that secondary. As you said, first NFL game for him. Just towards ACL 12 months ago. He might be talking to another player on the Cardinals who tore his ACL a little oh. bit ago. Mm. I'm interested in how, if they have any relationship, and maybe working on reconstructing their ACLs together and how building that relationship might be interesting. Um, obviously hard to say, given that Kyler Murray is not back yet. Um, but he's close. He's and if close. we would like to move away from this game, because I'm not sure we can really split it any more than we have, we can get right into that part of the part of the great part of the program. Let's jump into Kyler Murray's rehab. All right. Well, this week was a big week for Kyler Murray. Monumental, I think some people could say, because he was officially back at practice from the or not from, but allowed to practice since being on the physically unable to perform list. The window's open. He still has to be activated, but he can be practicing again. And he was out there, had a limited week of work, but was back out there on the field doing his thing. And he looks happy. Team looks happy. Morale's up. Definitely something you want to see, especially with what this team is looking like right now offensively. What do you what are you looking for, I guess, moving forward with Kyler Murray? He traveled with the team to Seattle. They flashed him a few times there on the sidelines, mm -hmm. still looking involved and watching the game. And that's something I'd like to see from him is just being involved on the sidelines while not even being in the games. Mm -hmm. um, I know earlier this week, Gannon was talking about how he wants him to be not only physically ready, but mentally ready to step back into that role. I think that's really important. He's a young QB still in this mm -hmm. league and coming back from a major injury after you've had so much success down in high school and in college, finding your groove, finding your rhythm again, especially coming back from such a serious injury. I want to see 
them take their time with him. Okay. Obviously, the quarterback situation for the Cardinals is not very good. Spoiler alert. But I want I don't want them to rush Kyler Murray back because I want to be able to see what Kyler Murray can do and if at the end of the year the Cardinals do need to move on from him or not. And mm-hmm. the only way we'll be fairly able to judge that is if he comes back to the team and he's 100% healthy and ready to go. Yeah. So, pretty much, Kyler could have played this week if they wanted him to. They decided not to. But he has until the Falcons game to pretty much come back. After that, can't come back. Sorry, that's all she wrote for the year. But that opens up another discussion because talking with DJ Humphreys, talking with some other players, they see they see his arms fresh. They see he's zipping the ball. Paris Johnson is like, I'm excited because this is the guy that I wanted to come play for. And you can hear the zip on the ball when he throws it. He's and I remember because he he talked and it was it was really interesting just because Paris has played with some pretty solid quarterbacks and he's like, there's not many people that can you can hear a zip on the ball when they throw it. So. Definitely everybody's excited, but that leads us to the next question is, what's he actually going to be doing at practice leading up to this? Because from what I was told from quarterbacks coach Israel Wolfork, he's working against that starting defense, but he's doing it with the backups, he's doing it with the practice squad members. You know, he's helping those guys learn, but still he's not really working a ton with the first team. He is getting some reps, but it sounds like for the majority of it, it is mostly with these backups and practice squad players. So I guess... Let's get right into the question. When do you want him to come back? I mean, is it is it a is the offense to the point where he needs to come back next week to try to, I guess, not stunt any for the team not to stunt any of its growth that it's had to begin the season? Because, like, let's be honest, they exceeded expectations for the first couple of weeks. Now they're back to where I think a lot of people thought. Do they need this kind of shock to the system of hey, let's bring him back week eight? Or do you think it's more, hey, this is a long season still. We're still going to get enough games. Do you need to prolong it into week nine or even week 10? And you also have to think, week eight's a home game. Week 10's a home game. Week nine is an away game. Week nine is an away game at Cleveland. Cleveland. You want to see Miles Garrett, your first game back? So my guess would be week 10 at home versus Atlanta. That's the safe bet for sure. I think that's the one that I think a lot of people would feel comfortable about, would give you still a handful of games where you could get the rust off of him and then really see the last four, three, four games, what he can really bring to the table. I think I'm going to stick. I've said it since the beginning, and I can't I can't not say it now. we got to stick with Week 8, and I don't know how – He's going to have to prove a lot this week. Like, that's the first thing. I think he's going to really have to show that he is doing physically and mentally well enough to where they want him to actually take that next step. And can they really afford of, hey, all right, Josh Dobbs, you're going to be splitting time now. You're you're not going to be the guy that we're giving this game plan to. We've got to get Kyler ready. He's going to be in there now. Can they afford to start splitting things up like that more? Because in the open portion of practice, Kyler's on one side of the field. Clayton Toon and Josh Dobbs, who are on the active roster, on another side of the field playing with those first-team guys. So that's going to be something I'm going to watch. But again, I think Kyler has a huge say in what happens. I, I've He told Jonathan Gannon he was practicing last week. Does he tell Jonathan Gannon this week, I'm playing? Because I think if he goes up there and tells him that, and given what we just saw, I would say he's playing this week. 
You've been out at Cardinals practice nearly every single day since before the start of the season. Mm -hmm. What would you say when you're out there this week would be a sign that Kyler Murray would be ready to come back for week eight? So pretty much, and, and here's the thing, we only get this open portion to talk about. So for me, it's does he graduate from those backups, those practice squad guys? Does he get more into the mix with those guys who are on the active roster, who are working with the first teamers, the guys who are going to contribute a lot? That's going to be the next step for me is if he can do that and do it consistently, not just, okay, he's going to go throw two two passes to Hollywood in between drills. No, go out there and you run through all the guys just like Joshua Dobbs, just like Clayton Toon is doing. That's going to signal to me that he's ready for that next step. But until I see that, who knows? And the Cardinals might very well just say, we're not going to show you any more than that. And that's fine. That's totally on them. But that for me is what I'm going to be looking at when I walk out there on Wednesday. Do you think one week of practice is enough for him to return? If he's taking first team reps, if he's taking first team reps, do you think one week of practice is enough for Kyler to return? I think from what Israel Wolfork, what Drew Petzing, and what a couple other people have said, he's done enough off the field to where it seems like he's ready. It's more about getting him in game shape. It's more about him, I guess, trusting his leg again, like in that football activity style of play, not so much running up and down the field or cutting and seeing and making sure everything's good. Like pads on, you're running down there, you're throwing the ball, you're getting, I mean, guess not tackled in practice, but that would have to be a thing too. So yeah, that, that would, yeah, I think that's probably where I would be with that. Okay. And uh, we, you brought it up earlier when talking about Kyler Murray, how Clayton Toon and Josh Jobs taking first team reps. We actually saw Clayton Toon yeah. for the Good first job. time Way to bring this that up. Game. I forgot to bring that up, yeah. On a interesting play call, my guess is to spark the offense, create some sort of change from the regular flow of the game. What did you think of them bringing Clayton Toon in, and what did you think of bringing him in during that weird play? I'm all for the trickery creativity that this Cardinals team has on really all sides of the football, but you got to throw it more than <laughs> nine yards if it's fourth and nine. I'm sorry. You can't you can't throw a little five-yarder, four-yard slant, and, or, yeah, whatever it was, and just call it good. That's not going to happen more times than not. And Gannon was the first one to say, like, he's taking all the blame on that, which doesn't surprise me. Every week he will. He's going to take the blame for everything. But that was one where he even said, yeah, I had to stretch the leather a little bit there. So <laughs> don't think I like the play call. But, hey, tune one for one, four yards. Got to get that confidence up somehow. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Not many people can say that. No. Seven weeks into the season. No. <laughs> oh, man. So how many games do you think Kyler plays this year? Because he can get activated. Oh, that's. He, I hadn't even thought of that. He could get activated, but he doesn't necessarily have to play right away. Let me pull up the schedule. I'm going to look right now while we're talking about this and guess. Okay. So week eight. Mm-hmm. That would give us 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15, 16, 17. That'd give us nine weeks with week eight. Nine weeks would be enough time to tell if Kyler Murray is your franchise quarterback mm -hmm. for next year, especially with your current record. You throw two games out for, for rust. I think that's warranted. And then you go hard on that seven-game sample size. I think that's true. That seven-game sample size is Auditioning. rough. Yes, it is. But there's a little three-week window where they can win some games. 
There is. Well, I there guess is. When I first looked at the schedule entering the season, but Texans are better than I thought. Falcons are, uh, and, and uh, the Rams. Rams are better than I thought. And it, but it's Rams at home. If you're, they are zero and three on the road against teams in their division. So they have three more games against teams in their division, and they will all be at home. Hmm. which would be helpful for Kyler. Um, that three-game stretch does exist. It is at home against the Falcons, on the road against the Texans, and at home against the Rams. Yeah. I think that is – those are the first three games. You just said you want to throw two out for Rust. Two of those would be in your so-called easy slate of games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you would definitely get a challenge – uh, for Kyler, especially traveling in the middle of December to Pittsburgh, Chicago, Philly. Yeah. Really get to see how that oh, ACL Philly. is holding oh. up. Oh. There's, we know there's going to be blood, bad blood in Philly. <laughs> December 31st at Philly. <sighs> Nothing says Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's going to be tough, regardless of who the quarterback is. <laughs> I wish I had something more optimistic to say to follow that up, but um, I don't. Okay. I don't. But, yeah. So? <laughs> I'm saying week eight. You're saying week ten? Uh, week ten. Okay. Week okay. ten. So I think, I think we're going to find out soon. Real soon. Especially with the way that this quarterback situation is going so far, you need to know what you have yes yes and speaking of what we have i think we can say we have our second podcast under wraps after another tough loss for the cardinals 20 to 10 to the seahawks but hey we had some franchise quarterback talk that's always good to have he's on the up and up he's making his way back seems like he's happy seems like everybody on the team's happy let's see what that means moving forward and with that we'll be back next week to talk more cardinals football so be sure to follow me on all the social medias at t drake for sports you can follow lauren at Koval underscore lauren and you can follow the show at az cards corner on twitter be sure to subscribe with rate five stars you can listen to us wherever you're listening to your podcast and if you're listening to us now you're listening to it where you can listen to a podcast so thanks and with that one more thing even when the cardinals have lost four straight please 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 try to enjoy football we'll talk to you later